Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast. Targo, how the heck are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Bruising banter back on the scene. Week yeah. two of the, the Premier dream. League. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into a wrap, huh? Apparently. <laughs> let's, let's do it. All right. <laughs> I mean, today we got a lot to cover. We got uh, match week two in the Premier League, uh, La Liga. Bundesliga, Osbach, Bundesliga, yeah, man. Yeah. A bunch of news, some transfers. End of that so transfer window, things are coming thick and fast. Thick and fast. Rumors are so fast, we can't even keep up with it. So can't. let's get into it's it. It's impossible. I am not right. Fabrizio Romano. <laughs> <laughs> By real right. fans for real fans. Yes, sir. Make sure you check out our Facebook, our Facebook group, our Instagram, our TikTok, our YouTube channel. Make sure you're liking this video, hitting the notification bell, and subscribing to our channel, as well as five stars on every podcast platform. As well as check out our Redbubble. Um, it's got some pretty awesome stuff on it. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Help us keep doing this. Yes. So, Targo, before you get into your brew, um, I'm going to go with mine because it's not fancy and yours looks fancy. So, I just okay, got... Okay, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see I, preview I gave you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I got a Costco's single barrel bourbon. It's very tasty. Uh, notes of cinnamon and oak. Cinnamon and oak. It's delicious. You taste the oak. Uh, a little bit there at the end, yeah. Cinnamon's very forward, though. Well, I am drinking Grains of Wrath Cantina Especial, Mexican-style lager. Look at that sweet can. Grains of Wrath. That just sounds fun. At a Camus, <laughs> Washington. Ooh. I will say, the can is what, like, draws my oh, attention yeah. now. Oh, no. Trust me. If you're in <laughs> any store and you see that, you're going right to that instead of it's anything got a little else. description. Crisp and refreshing pale Mexican-style lager was brewed with extra pale Pilsner malt and flaked maize for a bone-dry, corny, floral lager. Hmm. It says, we made this beer for you to enjoy fresh. And don't be an asshole. Recycle. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. Says it on the can, so might as well, right? There you go. How does it taste, my friend? You know, like Mex- a Pilsner with like cross between a Mexican lager and a Pilsner. Yeah, but you know, I'm a Mexican beer kind of kind of sewer. That's my that's my go to. It's no dose. Of course not. But it's still good. I'd drink okay. it again. All right. But that yeah, can light man, and refreshing. That. that that can is so cool. Yeah. You should just keep it and put it on the wall, like on the mantle behind. It's you. Just in the background. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Perfect. Just keep it right there. You're not allowed Hopefully to Hopefully my it. head doesn't block it, but yeah. <laughs> New drinking game for those of you listening. Every time Targo covers his can, got a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some news, Targo. Let's get into it, man. All right. Uh, Messi, not to be nope. outdone by Ronaldo, uh, has uh, won his first trophy with Inter Miami. Uh, After how many games? Be, uh, six. Five, seven, six, seven. 
He's got 10 Wayne goals in seven already. games. Go Messi. Uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah. First piece of silverware for him for Inter-Miami. It also happens to be their first piece of silverware. Uh, Messi now becomes the most decorated footballer of all time, passing Danny Alves with 44 trophies to his collection. Only fitting, right? <laughs> Only fitting. Uh, we had a World Cup final. That was women's fun. World Cup. Spain. Yeah, England. women's World Cup. Spain and England for one of them to win their first ever World Cup title. Spain winning it one nil with a might quite a tidy finish. I don't even know how to pronounce the lady's name that scored the winner for that one, but it was quite nice. I'll be honest. It was a nice finish. Yep, and there I think the first nation where men and women's have won the World I Cup. Believe so. Yeah, because the U.S. obviously has not won a World Cup ever. Uh, no, Germany. Germany has. As a women's German team. Yes, they've won two. They won back-to-back. Well, okay. <laughs> Apparently need to follow women's, women's international I, I soccer I only know this because I was watching ESPN, and they showed the list, and I only noticed it because the only team to win it back-to-back before the United States was Germany. So. How about Tyler Adams, man? Joining yeah, Bournemouth. Of Americans. Going to Bournemouth. Thoughts? Fantastic piece of business by Bournemouth, if you ask me. Oh, 100%. Honestly, I would go as far to say as this is the perfect transfer for both parties. Yeah, he was linked with Chelsea before this. I mean, yeah. And then Bournemouth, I think that's that's a that's a solid pickup. He'll yeah. definitely have his work cut out for him at uh, Bournemouth. I, I agree, but at the same time, you know he's going to get all the minutes to play. Oh, yeah. Chelsea, he'd probably stay on the bench until quite a few players got hurt. Especially with Jefferson Lerma leaving from yeah. Bournemouth. Yeah, I think he's probably almost a like-for-like replacement. Just about. Just about. No. Uh, West Ham. They've signed former Arsenal youth product Dinos Mavropanos from Stuttgart for a total of 25 million euros. We'll see if he plays. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, They need another center defender. West Ham does. Mavropanos had a you know giant ceiling as far as the same with his structure. I think he's like 6'5". He's a huge Greek defender. Uh, but he never quite panned out. Went on loan to Germany a couple times, ended up signing with Stuttgart. So. Well, I mean, honestly, for Arsenal, he barely played. I can think of one game at Old Trafford where he played, and he did okay. Yeah. But then he has been on loan pretty much the whole time. And yeah. Stuttgart, they were in a relegation battle last year. So <laughs> we'll see. It's one of those things, man. It's yet another Arsenal, you know, supposed to be wonder kid that doesn't pan out so that's every club man yeah. every high which, prospect um, supposed to be a wonder kid that slowly fades into nothingness yeah just like theo walcott who retired there you go honestly <laughs> <laughs> oh, one that comes to my mind is for man united obertan do you remember him mm-hmm <laughs> way back in the day supposed way to be this big guy he scored like a couple goals in his debut and then just nothing nothing nope nothing yeah um well let's go through our um uh, what do you say 
our quintessential Saudi Arabian news, I guess. All right, Saudi Lacking. Arabia. Who are they buying this yeah. week? <laughs> they signed uh, Otavio from FC Porto for $60 million, and Al-Halal have signed the uh, worst-known secret in all of football. They signed Alexander Mitrovic for $46 uh, I was hoping he would stay, but, yeah, big money. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, hey, if I was him. a Man United or a Chelsea, I would have gone for him, man. Or Spurs. Spurs, even well, now yeah. that Harry Kane's left, yeah. yeah. Well, there was a window. It was a small one for Spurs, a small but one. I'm just saying United, Chelsea, could have got guaranteed goals from this guy, yeah. just saying. Could have. Could have. Um, PSG have uh, agreed personal terms with Rano Colomwani, but negoti- negotiations are in the early stages with Frankfurt. This one's going to be pretty hard to get done because of uh, something called FIFA Fair Play. Yeah, and this one hasn't gotten the Romano here we go, has it? No. No, so I'm uh, not going to put that on here now because uh, he's got a couple wrong, wrong a couple times. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, uh, we're just going to go with agreed personal terms and wait for it to be announced. So Frank for still <laughs> yet to accept. Yeah, <laughs> got it. I would I would assume this one would start out as a loan with an obligation to buy for next summer, whenever they get. Where would he play? Probably take Mbappe's spot. I meant going forward, not now. Well, this season, where would he play? Over Goncalo Ramos? Usman Dembele? Mbappe? Well, I mean, you got you to gotta figure one of them is going to get hurt at some point. Probably well, is going to be Dembele. Dembele. But then you have Marco <laughs> yeah. Asensio there, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you play one of them as more like a, a number 10? Who? Maybe as a false nine? Cole Moani definitely could. More like of a like a, kind of role, yeah, or a Griezmann type of role. But then where's that leaving Mbappe? Because he doesn't on the prefer left. to play as a striker. Put him on the left. Then Bailey mm-hmm. on the right. Ramos up top. That's weird. I don't. I don't think that would work. Colomani. Well, tried a lot. So of... you're thinking of Colomani coming off the right into a number ten role? Yeah, that's what I okay. would. I would think. Um, but again, they've tried a lot of things at PSG and none of it's worked. So it can work if it you're can work. It can. Let's we'll look at full Foden this weekend, man. <laughs> right. But he's so like, a it split. can, but I don't see Kolo Moani doing that role personally. I don't either. Maybe they play a four, four, two. I don't know, but that brings Mbappe back further. So I, that still doesn't make sense. Ramos anyway. or Kolo Moani. I feel like one of them sitting on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'll be honest with you, it's probably Colomani. I was going to say Colo Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll see if this one even gets done. Yeah, that, that's a big if. Yeah, that, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Lewis Hall has uh, left Chelsea for Newcastle on a season so- season-long loan with an obligation to buy, depending on the performance criteria. Um. Good signing for Newcastle. I guess he's a, been a lifelong Newcastle fan. I think that's fantastic signing, if I'm being honest. Youngster. Yeah. English, left, too. Left back. Can go into that midfield. Mm-hmm. I think Chelsea are losing a fantastic prospect, as we call them. So, yeah. I, I think it's fantastic, man. I think that's great yeah. for Newcastle. Great for Lewis Hall. 
Chelsea, I don't think as much. Yeah, I'd say Chelsea are definitely the big losers in this one. But, you know, it's that never-ending cycle, right? They spend $100 million on a player, let a tried-and-true prospect go. Next thing that's going to happen... That is the Chelsea way. You're not wrong. Next thing that's going to happen, <laughs> FIFA fair play regulations, and then fire your manager. And then he goes all the way back around again. <laughs> like Armando Broja, that forward yeah. man for Chelsea. Is he going to get any playing time? I mean, he's young. He looked I, good I for Southampton see... uh, not last year, but the year before. Yeah. I, I don't see why he wouldn't get playing time, but then again, you know, it all depends on how Nico Jackson does and if they go make a deep cup run I, at the way they're playing, and we'll get into that later. Uh, I don't see that happening. <laughs> so they might have very few games this season with a large squad. <laughs> well, let's get into this next Chelsea signing. Yes. Uh, that no one Chel- probably cares about. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea have completed the signing of New England Revolution goalkeeper. Is it? I don't know. Is it Jorge? Jorge? Jordy? <laughs> Something like that. Petrovic. Yeah. 18 million pounds. And th- there we go again with the uh, LBS pounds instead of British pounds. <laughs> Sorry. There's no British pound symbol on my keyboard, yeah, man. I know. It's bad. Uh, let's see. Negotiations between Napoli and Celta Vigo have broken down for Gabri Viega. Celta Vigo changed the terms last minute after they the initial agreement was in place. And Viega had his medical scheduled in Naples last weekend, but Napoli didn't agree to the new terms. Sucks for Napoli, man. He'd be a fantastic signing. I don't understand. It's like the third player for this to happen, and it's a fall apart in like the last two weeks. I don't understand why clubs agree to something in principle and then try to change it. It's the details, man. You got to work out the details. The details did not align. Yeah, I guess not. Sucks a lot for Napoli. If I'm them, I'd go back in on it. He would upgrade them significantly. He would, yes. I'm a big fan of Gabri Viega. I thought he played fantastic last season, man. Young, Spanish international, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Big moments, too. Big goals and big moments for him. If it saved him on the last day. They beat Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manchester City have found their replacement for Riyad Mahrez, signing Ren midfielder Jeremy Doku uh, for £55 million. He's 21 years old. I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen much of him. I've seen him for Belgium. Okay. He's, I would say he's got that raw speed, that talent, but it's not obviously to a Riyad Mahrez level. We'll see what he can do. You know, he's he's young. Yeah. At 21. But I do remember he's got he's fast, man. He is quick. That's for sure. OK, so we'll see if he can get that, you know, kind of that first touch, silky smooth style of play that Man City needs and is required to play for that Man City team. Yeah. I mean, you got to think if anyone is going to do that, it's going to be pet and get that out of it. So we'll see. I'm sure he's delighted to join Chelsea or uh, Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, he he's very quick though. I I know that. Speaking of Manchester City, uh news out today that Pep Guardiola had emergency surgery on his back. And apparently he will be out until the September international break, so I think he only misses like two games. How big of a blow is that for Manchester City? Maybe. I don't know. We'll Maybe. see. We'll see come game time on who they yeah. play. I, like, I, I think they play like Luton, don't they? 
Um, why is that? Sheffield United is their next Sheffield, game. okay. And so then play Sheffield and Fulham. Sheffield and then Fulham at home. Sheffield away. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, I was hoping that they would play someone a little harder. but A Liverpool know. or... Yeah. Literally Brighton. anybody but Fulham and Sheffield United. Everyone but Sheffield. Like, okay, yeah. Fulham, maybe, but... Like a, like a Brighton, uh, Brentford. Tottenham, Brentford, West Ham, <laughs> Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest. <laughs> I keep going. I'm glad it's not a Manchester Derby, but you know. <laughs> uh, and then it looks like Benjamin Pavard will be going to Bavaria from Milan as the move. Or sorry, from Bavaria to Milan, unless that's what I said. Don't worry about it. Uh, going from Bayern to Inter, Inter, thirty million euros. Thoughts. I don't know if Inter needed a defender. Well, they sold uh, Ruben, was it Gosen? Robin Gosens, yeah. Robin Gosens. Left back, left wing back. So, I guess Bastoni play there. I mean, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. Personally, I think he is. Can play in that center back role or right back role. So, that versatility is there for Inter Milan now. Yeah. I don't know why they signed him, but, you know, I guess the more quality you have, the better, right? There you go. Yeah. Okay. English Premier League match day two. Match day two. Match day two. Things that caught your eye, Targo. First up, we got Liverpool and Bournemouth. Uh, We both picked Liverpool in this one, uh, and they ran out winners three to one. Things that stood out to you. They were shaking the first few minutes. Yeah. Bournemouth looked first off, good. That, that's my number one. I would say they were shaking the first three minutes. Bournemouth scored early. But honestly, watching that Liverpool team and some of the defensive errors they made, you know, Allison had a couple bad touches. That defense just looked a little shaky against better teams. I don't think they've run away with this one like they did in this game. No, definitely not. I think it was mostly the quality of probably two or three players saw them out. Like, I know you've seen those memes where it shows, like, a drawing and, like, the front of, like, a car or a horse will be, like, a Ferrari or this beautiful painting, and then the back will be, like, a broken-down thing. It's an ass. Or, <laughs> or a hand-drawn. Yeah. Yeah, a hand-drawn That's, that's what Liverpool is, man. The front <laughs> attack is this, like, Rolls-Royce, and then the back is, like, a Pinto. Or... Yeah, it's so bad. Maybe a Volkswagen Bug. Yeah, it's just like their attack going forward. They're amazing. You know, Mo Salah, Luis Diaz, Gagpo, they got Jota up there. And they look fantastic. Jota. Yeah. Defensively, though. Whew. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they, they're prone, man. They are prone. And the, the problem is with Liverpool, too, is one, they don't have a budget to go out and sign another center back. And apparently they do if they're going to bid 100 mil on Moises Caicedo. Yeah. I, I Again, I don't know where this money is coming from. Because they said all summer, we don't have the money for it. They sell Henderson and Fabinho, and all of a sudden they have $120 million. I don't know where it came from. And they'd already signed Sabatsoy for 70 so I don't know. And McAllister for 35 so that's already $100 mil. Where did they find this other 120 mil? I don't know. Probably from sales. 
getting rid of wages of Keita and Chamberlain yeah. and Milner. And... Either way, they need to sign a center back. <clears throat> and probably a world-class one at that. And I don't know if they can find one in the rest of the transfer window. I think they're relying on Konate and Van Dyke, man. They gave Van Dyke that captain armband. I think Klopp's hoping he can get back to his best, but... I think it's a... uh, Honestly, if I were them... Hail Mary. (laughs) I would go by a right-back if I was working Klopp, man. Don't go by a midfielder. Don't go by a midfielder. Put Trent in the midfield. Sign a right back. For those right. games when they play a tough team where they need a, a true right back, that's what I would do. Yeah. Go I buy mean, a right back for those games. Because, yes, against it. a Bournemouth team, Trent can go in there. They can get away with his out-of-position mistakes. But against a good team, man, man, they are going to suffer. Yeah. Yeah, especially teams that keep the ball a lot and can catch you on the counter at any given moment. Yes, and can exploit those open spaces. The Newcastle, Brentford, Arsenal, Manchester City, Brighton, even. Brighton, Tottenham, Chelsea, just, yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, let's start with the red card to McAllister. Was it a red card? Well, apparently not, because it got rescinded as of today. I was going to say that afterwards, but yeah. It was high. His studs were up. Did catch him on the leg. It did catch him. But he also got a little bit of the ball. I don't know. What I saw in the replays. It's one of those, whatever the on-field decision is, it's like, yeah, it could be. Or if it wasn't, I wouldn't argue it kind of a thing. evidence to overturn it sort of thing. Yeah, it's one of those, like, if I'm VAR, if the on-field decision is a red or not a red, I, I feel like I couldn't overturn it. There's a lot of questionable decisions by referees this weekend. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Luis Diaz, Golazo. What it reminded me a lot of that Thierry Henry goal against Manchester United, but not as filthy or not quite as good. But the motion was similar, right? Where he flicks up the ball, not looking at it, hits it over his shoulder into the back of the net. So first off, no. No, it is not similar to that goal. The goal by Thierry Henry, dude, he has a defender on his back. He's outside the 18, flicks it up, turns outside the foot, and upper V's it. Luis Diaz listen. was inside, like, the eight-yard box. I said. Not, I no, it was not even close. His body positioning. His body positioning. That's it. The only thing that was the same is Luis Diaz flicked it up. That was it. That was it. He fl- he flicked it up, which he meant to do. Yeah, and then he volleyed it. Yeah, that is the only similarity. But do not try to compare that goal <laughs> to that beautiful Thierry Henry goal against Manchester United, bro. No, was it get comparing. out of here. I said similar. Anyway, no, not even in the same ballpark, man. If anything, I would almost equate it more to Richarlison's bad touch in the World Cup, where it bounces up and but he, he didn't it. mean to do that. <laughs> But it, it's more similar to that. The position, the way they are, their their body movement. It was more similar to that than that Terry on Regal. Get out of here. All right. No. Shut down. On to a different point. How good was Dominic Sabatzlai in this game? Dude, this guy's a f- effing athlete. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Capital be, F, man. I'll be honest. I didn't realize how big he was. He is... Tall, he's, strong, yeah, athletic he's a guy. Big dude. Yeah. And uh 
let's just say I think Liverpool got a steal with him. Fantastic signing yeah. for Liverpool, man. That guy is he's he's class. Yeah. He's um, class. Any other thoughts about this? Because I other than Liverpool's defense is awful, their attack is amazing, and Sabat Sloy is great. Let's just <laughs> skip the rest of that. Bournemouth, I think Bournemouth, man, they're they look good at times. They, at times, yes. They just need to do it for a full 90 minutes. Otherwise, not they're not going to survive. The 10 trailer. minutes, yeah. Yeah. But you Their press was good. Them. They caused Liverpool problems, I would say. Yeah. But again, a shaky defense. Maybe against lower league teams, they, they get results. But we'll I, see. I, you know, Tyler the, Adams might shore up that midfield, but maybe a little bit. But with seeing how like how much worse they played against a ten man Liverpool squad. Yeah, that that was another thing I want to talk was, about, man. Is Liverpool yeah. with ten men still looked better than Bournemouth? And like not a little bit better, like eleven on eleven did. It was like monumentally better. Like so, we'll go through this weekend. But there was there was a few red cards this weekend in case. People didn't notice. Arsenal had a red card. West Ham had a red card. Fulham had a red card. Wolves had a red card. And Liverpool had a red card. Quite a few. Yeah. Liverpool, uh, with 10 men, looked honestly the best, fine. They scored the their best, third goal with 10 men. I will say they looked the best out of all the teams who got a red card with 10 men. Yeah. yeah. I would agree to that, yeah. Uh, speaking of other red cards, let's get to Wolves in Brighton. There you go. <laughs> uh, we both picked Brighton, and they uh, got the same exact scoreline as they had last week with a 4-1 victory. Freight train, man. Yeah. I heard a stat. It was uh, at the end of last season, only Liverpool and Man City had scored more goals than Brighton did I mean, in the second half of the season. We saw them the second half of the season. They look good. Uh, Soli Marsh with two more in this one. Uh, and then let's talk about the Kiro Matoma goal. Just shredding that Wolves defense, man. Shredded He's, it. What do you start? Just inside of the Wolves half? On the wing, yeah. On the just... wing. Dribbled through like four or five defenders. At least. At least. And you just just watching him accelerate against everybody else is just night and day speed comparison. It was nuts. I mean, yeah, skill, speed, and then the composure for that finish man was beautiful yeah well because you you see so many players be able to do that but then lack the finish at the end of it Over he did not seen that <laughs> and that one did not and we've been saying it if matoma can you know shore up his finishing a little bit man is he gonna be such a well-rounded player Julio and Cecil also looked really good. And March, him and Sully March combining for a couple goals. They're fantastic, man. They, I know we thought they'd be a little bit of a drop off. We'll see. It's so early. They haven't started those European games. Yes, but right now, they're. I mean, they're top of the table. Let's be Mm -hmm. honest. Yeah, they're top of the table after two games. They've scored twice as much as the team behind them, which is City. (laughs) Yeah, City have allowed zero, but scored four. Brighton have eight. And have allowed two. So, and then on the other end, man, wolves—they're—it's going to be the same story as last year, struggling for goals, yeah, not taking I, advantage of chances. I know you're going to say it, but I'm going to agree. So go ahead. 
Wang He Chan should be starting. Oh, dude, he game. should. He looked good when he came on. He created chances, set people up, and scored. And scored <laughs> their one goal. <laughs> yeah. So I think it should be a no brainer. He should be on the field. Yeah. So and then it didn't help. Like we had mentioned, Wolves cut a red card. It was in second half stoppage time. So whatever. Yeah. Mateus Nunez. Yellow. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of this this season. Like, a lot. Yeah, especially for the whole time we scene. You know, no longer doing this whole thing, mm-hmm. throwing up the fake yellow card, Managers imaginary yellow card. their technical areas. Players can't surround the ref. You can't put up an imaginary card. You can't waste time. And so he had, this was his second yellow. He got into a little bit of a shoving match there at the end. He was off. But yeah, man, how good, though, going back to Brighton, how good did Purvis Estupian look, man? Dude, he's got to be is one he, of the best, if not. Is he I top would, five? I right would almost go. In the Premier League? Is he? I thought he was left back. Left back, sorry. Top five left back yeah. in the Premier League. I would, I would go top three. So who like, would be who, above him? Luke Shaw. When he's playing well. Um, I, Ake? I want, I want to say Ake, but he's not a natural left back. He's so. not, no. <laughs> uh, Zinchenko, maybe? I, I would say Yuri Timber's, Timber's also not a left back, but from what I've seen of him, he could, but... If you're going with I mean, natural left backs, Richardson for Liverpool. Yeah, Robert Robert Andy Robertson. Robertson. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Andy Robertson probably. Dunk? No, I don't think so. So yeah, top three, maybe top, top two, <laughs> top five. Yeah, he's a fantastic left back. That's yes. all I know. Yeah. So I have another question for you. <laughs> I have your answer already. I'm sure you see it on the notes I will, there. I will tell you the answer. Okay. And but what I, team? So for Brighton, they just sold Moises Caicedo for, what was it, 115, 120 million? 115, yeah. No, Who will depends. be the Do next? Using pounds or euros? <laughs> <laughs> we'll say pounds since we're okay. in England. 115. Who is the next player to leave Brighton for over a hundred million? Evan Ferguson. <laughs> He's gonna go to Arsenal next summer. Okay. <laughs> if you read if you read the news, their number one target for next summer for a hundred mil is Evan Ferguson. Uh so Evan but, Ferguson over Matoma. Yeah. Oh Matoma won't cost a hundred mil. Not unless he scores twenty goals this season. I mean, or in CISO, Julio and CISO. Julio and CISO would be my second pick, I would say. Just because of where he plays. And I just, for me, Matoma, it's more of, I don't think that they, I think they could probably get it. I don't think they'll hold out for 100 mil for Matoma. That's that's my, my thought press on that. I just, in CISO, I think they'll try to keep hold of as much as they possibly can. And same with Evan Ferguson. They'll only let him go for Buku Bucks. So they have a fantastic squad and you know they're they're gonna yeah. go to big teams. I, I think my third on that list might be a stupid young because of how young he is. 
you know one of them's going to go for 100 mil the way this market's going, man. 100%. If not yeah. in January, next summer. Yeah, I would Mark go my probably, words. probably next summer, and I wouldn't be surprised if one Real Madrid came in for Estupinia next summer. They need a left back. That's not a yes, bad shout. Do. Yes, they do. Not a bad shout. Okay. Next Moving up. Moving on. Fulham and Brentford. You pick Brentford. I picked a draw, and this was anything but a draw. <laughs> Brentford running out comfortably in this one. Uh, let's just say Fulham clearly missed uh, one uh, Alexander Mitrovic in this one. And, and then some, yeah. And then some, but... And one Brentford, you know who they're not missing? Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony, oh, man. Crap. They're picking up right where they left off last season, and Yohan Wiesa and Brian Mbomo, man, they're looking like two of the best... They're looking like the reincarnation of Harry Kane and Youngman Son, to be honest with you. <laughs> Fantastic combination play. I, I will say for that first goal, you know, it was pretty close between Fulham and Brentford, but then there was a terrible, garbage back pass by, I think it was Issa Diop, <laughs> it to the goalkeeper so that, that Visa just pounced on, went around Leno. It was like he was trying to pass it to visa it was, a, it was like, like here visa have a goal <laughs> oh my god like does, did he even look or just hit the ball like kick it back to burnt leno without even looking because that went right to him yeah and then tim ream got a red card yeah for fulham 64th minute was it a red for you i mean it was second yellow it was a foul I don't know if I would have given a yellow for it, though. A little harsh. I feel like yeah. just, just a bit. Yeah. Just a teeny bit. A little, little pinch. Harsh. Yeah. And after the McAllister red and the, I mean, Matthias Nunez probably deserved a second yellow. Oh, yeah. Shoving. You can't this one, I, I'm not so sure. I think this was a little harsh. But It was I mean, harsh, yeah. Brentford looked good, man. The oh, yeah. That third, third goal, goal man, made it, that. It, so good. Numerical advantage count. They just shredded that Fulham defense for an easy tap in. Yeah. It's pinging the ball around. It was nice. I'm gonna say. Speaking of shredding, <laughs> our Go next ahead. game. Go ahead. Aston Villa <laughs> against Everton, man. Oh, Shout out man. to Kane. He's going to be happy about this result. Oh, God. This is what we expected in the first game. Not Newcastle do it to them. <laughs> Well, it's what you expect. I don't know about you. I, I thought Newcastle would put up a fight. No, I meant you expect them to play more like this in the first game, not just well, sit yeah, there and this take one's at it home. And then, honestly, this Fulham team was terrible. Everton. Villa looked fantastic, man. They won 4 0. Yeah. 4 0. Villa on this one. I even picked 2 0 scoreline and they doubled it. So, yeah. Villa were in um, complete control of this one, man. Mr. What was Glass more, himself. What was more impressive, Aston Villa in this one or how bad Everton was? Because <laughs> they were bad. I almost want to say how bad Everton was, <laughs> if I'm being honest. They were so bad. Oh, my God. And like, like, like I said, I got to give a shout out to Mr. Glass himself, DCL. Yeah. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, oh man, going God. off injured. Colliding with Emmy Martinez. He had a big old swollen oh face. God, yeah, he did. At least you could give him credit for, you know, going all out for it. But, but that's I mean, not why? It. He wasn't getting there. Yeah, no. And then again, for Everton, poor Alex Awobi came off injured. But Villa, man, they just, I mean, 
Pickford gave away a poor PK. There's one of the goals. Second, mm. The first goal, I'm pretty sure it got shredded. McGinn pops it in. And then the other two goals in the second half. Let's, let me just say this. Villa scored off of a throw-in. Uh-huh. Just going to point that out. And then they scored again after a poor throw-in from Everton. <laughs> I I don't get it, man. So like why, I think it's because of those two goals and then giving away a PK. I also got to say, Everton, what what the hell are you doing, bro? <laughs> and to be honest with you, too, is like what happened to the Everton of the end of last season? Well, so here's the thing: it's almost like nothing has changed. This is the same yeah. Everton from last season. No, I mean they the barely end, the beginning they barely the, escaped. This is like the Frank Lampard. Everton. And nothing Not has changed with this Everton team, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, over, under. How long does Sean Dyche last before they get a new manager? We're going to go oh, like result- two to three I think he's playing like that. Not long. <laughs> you want to go New Year or you want to go like end of October? <laughs> no, I say end of October. Things are going like this, man. <laughs> At this rate, man, I think Luton will get their first victory against Everton. Holy shit. <laughs> and away from home. At Goodison Park, God, yeah, it Everton. Was so oh. bad. We didn't, we didn't predict you to go down, but hot damn, you were trying to prove us you, wrong. Yeah, the, I mean, when you're trying to prove us wrong, you're trying to prove us wrong. And, and speaking of trying to prove us wrong, prove on, us wrong uh, on to this next game. high on Chelsea. We had Chelsea against West Ham United, and let's just say, uh, Chelsea, you never disappoint. You don't. I'm not even upset. I'm not. I'm actually kind of happy. <laughs> I'm kind of happy about it. West Ham United dumped Chelsea three to one, and it wasn't like Chelsea were in this game. They might have been when it was one one, but after that, it just looked like the same Chelsea we saw last season. It was kind of Chelsea that couldn't <laughs> score, yeah. so they had possession. I will say Raheem Sterling looked okay. He cut yeah, through that defense a few best. times. Yeah, but they can't score, man. They cannot score. No. Uh, Chelsea are definitely trying to make us look bad. Real high and mighty on them. Top four. Yeah, it was bad. I think it was like the first game against Liverpool. They performed so well. So we're like, okay, they're going to do good. And then the Chelsea that we expected this season showed up in this West Ham game. They performed that good. Maybe it was just Liverpool's defense is that bad. They dominated. I feel like they dominated the majority of that game, though. They they did. I would just play Liverpool. Back. I will say had the first probably thirty minutes, but then after that, it was all Chelsea. It was all Chelsea. Um, but this game, man. I mean, <laughs> West Ham got off to a fast start. James Ward Prowse getting an assist. Get out of my head. First yeah, game. I was say new signing James Ward Prowse showing up for this one. Uh, maybe if Chelsea had signed him instead of spending one hundred and twenty million, uh, they would have won this game. Just maybe. saying because their new one hundred and fifteen million pound signing gave away a penalty kick to solidify this game giving the chance of West Ham's new signing to score his first goal for his new club I don't know you said a bunch of words there that I didn't follow but I just know Moise Caicedo fouled someone and Paquette to score the PK <laughs> yeah that's what I meant um, anyways and then Enzo had a PK save the other 100 million man yeah. 100 mil man I saw a crazy stat Chelsea spent more on their midfield than Arsenal's entire midfield and forward line combined. Well, you think of Martinelli and Saka have been there. 
Martinelli was like three million. Yeah, Saka was free, but you got Gabriel Jesus, you got Kai Havertz, Declan Rice, Thomas Partey. Still cost more than them because you got Enzo, you got Caicedo, uh, Lavia. Yeah, it's it's insane the amount of money they've spent for them to be this bad. Yeah, and then the one guy who scored their goal, Chukwameka, Carney Chukwameka, got injured not shortly after. No. Sad to see, too, because he's got such a promising career. And the Dude, fact 19. that they were, they were able to steal him away on a free transfer. Well, was it a free transfer? Seemed like That it, I don't know. Uh, from Aston Villa. And you see how Aston Villa is doing now. Imagine if they had him in their ranks still. Yeah. And then Mikel yeah. Antonio, man, got that game winner off a banger. See, this is what we've known to expect from him, but he does it so inconsistently that I don't, I can't call him a, like, class striker. Oh, he's, he's not a class striker, but I will say he's a hardworking, so oh, hardworking striker. Well, he's, you see him? He looks like the Hulk compared to everybody else. <laughs> like, he gives a Montreore a run for his money. He's gigantic. Okay. <laughs> But, I mean, in this game, were Chelsea just bad, or was West Ham that good? I'm going to go Chelsea were that bad, but I'm not going to discredit West Ham. I think they were good in this one, and as good as we've come to expect from them, I just think it's it's simple mistakes from Chelsea and a team that shouldn't have these simple mistakes in them. Yeah, poor defending on a corner, giving away a PK. I mean, Mikel Antonio beats his defender one-on-one. Yeah, okay. Cool. It's 1-1 one, one at that point then, right? Like, Yeah. So. All right. And then to the Monday Nighter, we had Crystal Palace against Arsenal. Uh, we both picked Arsenal for this one, and it was anything but convincing, I'll be honest. Yeah, you got any fingernails left after that game, man? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I This one was, the first half was comfortable i will say <clears throat> um not convincing though oh. i mean like arsenal dominated possession but only a couple chances probably created yeah and ketia with both of them hit the post and then kind of tries to chip the goalie and gets it wrong I, I think from that angle is probably the only thing you can do it was a tough one but yeah but you yeah, do expect you did get your it. you did get your star well. finisher you know a striker finisher to be a little bit more clinical Yes. Would be my one criticism, and that that has been Nketiah's critis- major criticism, right? Is because he misses good chances often. I will say he, he looked good coming back, getting the ball, beating defenders. Yeah. So you know, I won't criticize him too bad, but yeah, his finishing was a little lackluster. Crystal Palace looked to hit on the counter attack. They almost did dangerous. a couple of times, yeah. if not for a couple good last ditch tackles. William Saliba, yeah. I will make a good comparison. It reminded me of his tackle on Mbappe last season. So. When did it's he play Mbappe last season? Two seasons ago. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> for Saint-Étienne or whoever it was, Marseille, yeah. I don't remember. What, whatever team he played for last. I don't really care because he's amazing for Arsenal, and that tackle was class, and it's good to have that sort of defender at Arsenal. I think but. it's willing to say he's the reason him going out injured arsenal did not win the Premier League. 
100%. And I, I think in many previous podcasts, I think we pretty much came to that conclusion. Yeah. Arsenal's defense was the number one reason why they didn't win games towards the end of the season. They let in goals after being up 2-0 on multiple occasions. So, But then the goal, one? the one goal, man. So it was a foul. I think it was Martinelli played it in for Enketia, a kind of a quick free kick. Mm-hmm. Enketia got to the ball. Goalie brings him down. Was it a foul for you? Yeah, I mean, it's 100%. one of those. What? Whoever wants to argue this wasn't a foul needs to go watch those replays again. Yeah. Because the goalie, yes, he pulls out, but you can catch, see his forearm and his he... like, chest catches Enketia's leg. And not like a little touch. It is a lot. He gets a lot of him. The yeah, only I, it's I, it's good job Niketia putting himself in a position where all he has to do is touch the ball past the goalie and he knows he's getting taken out. Yeah, and there was a couple other things like I know one of the things was Niketia's touch. It was a heavy touch, but it was still in play still when he got foul. fouled, which is still why foul. it was still a foul. And then I know they looked at Partey, Thomas Partey, if he had fouled a guy blocking him yeah, off, kind that of a one, thing. That one's one of those. If you had a clearer sight of it, probably could have called that a foul. He did extend the arm. He extended the arm, but at the same time, he didn't like grab the person's no. shirt or do anything no. like that. It was it's more it of just a more like he a was feeling, feeling for him. Like, yeah, where it was just is this a, more of an arm was out, yeah. and the guy could have ran through it. I yeah. mean, honestly, if no. you're strong enough. Yeah. So yes, um, PK, but then Odegaard, interestingly, steps up so, to take this. Yeah, I, I mean, watching the game live, Sokka stepped up to take it, and during the chaos of the VR review, I did hear, I think it was John Champion, say that Sokka went over to Odegaard and handed him the ball. Good for him. Sokka's, I mean, he missed one in preseason. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And he hasn't been super convinced. I mean, he's been good penalty kick taker. He hasn't been super convincing. But to give it to your captain and say, hey, this could be the one goal that wins us the game. And it was. Go down Sokka for handing the ball over. And Odegaard, class finish. And then there was a red card. Yeah. On Speaking of Takaro, going down How do you pronounce Wade. his name? Takaro? Takaro? Takahiro Tomiyasu? Yes. Uh, yeah. So he got a yellow card. So the first one, the, first the first one was for card. time wasting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was for time wasting. And like they showed the replay on that one. And so Havertz actually did a majority of the time wasting. And they kind of threw the ball to, ta- to Takayasu. Tamayasu. Yeah. And apparently they, they did a time. He had the ball for eight seconds before he got a yellow card. Yeah. A little, a little harsh. But then let's get to the second yellow card. A defender spill, spins him. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Andre Ayu spun him. Spun him. He gets by and he puts his hand. I'll say he puts his hand on his back. But the referee is, is he's doing this motion where he pulled him back, which he didn't do. The replay showed it. Yeah, he did not pull him back. Shouldn't Replays have been a yellow. Almost looked like he didn't make any contact. Like he put his I, arm. I would out. say there was a little bit of contact, but not not a pull or anything no. like that. Nothing that should have made anyone ever go down like Andre Ayew did. And so he he went down. Ref said he pulled him back. Second yellow, red. You're off. Uh, because it's a second yellow, VAR does not look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I I mean, I'll be honest, I think the rule needs to be changed. 
I understand that because it's technically a yellow card that it shouldn't be a reviewable offense. But because it turns into a red card, I feel like it should, especially with the new rules. If the first yellow is for time wasting. That's just my opinion, but I I didn't think it was even a yellow card, to be honest with you. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't think it was a yellow card either. Yeah. So I, I feel like by the end of the season, we're going to find that if you get touched whatsoever and you get you flop when someone's on one yellow and the referee is looking to make, you know, they're going to hand out a record number of cards this year. Especially for time wasting, and I think oh yeah, hundred percent attackers are, are go- attackers are going to capitalize on that and get lots of people sent off. I mean, I would do it. So. We saw this weekend with the uh, yeah. amount of red cards given. Yeah, and I mean, wasn't there? There was one out of the five red cards. There was one straight red, if I'm not mistaken. Just the McAllister one. I don't remember if that was a straight red, was it? The McAllister one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But all the rest of them are two yellows. So, I, I yeah, I feel like they need to, I mean, VAR is probably going to miss all those calls anyways because they're so terrible. But, yeah, it, it's, the refereeing in England is so subpar that I would rather have an MLS refing crew co- go ref Premier League games. They're so, okay. they're awful. Yeah. So Andros Townsend on commentary, you know, there was there was one more incident in this game. Yeah. Abricieze kind of did some slick slick dribbling there. Dude, Went, it was some of the best skill I've ever seen him do. <laughs> he made Declan Rice look like a third rate defender. <laughs> he did. Went past Declan Rice and then tries to go by Partey. And Partey kind of sticks out a leg. For me it's no. Like the leg he's, was there. Running. He's running. Your legs move when you run. But he he pulls the leg back, and I will say, yeah. Eze kind of tries to find the leg to go he down, does. and barely finds his foot, and goes. It was down. definitely not a PK for no. me, but on no. you know, I've seen obviously some comments on social media saying, "Oh, it should have been a PK. It should have been a PK." Andros Townsend, a little biased, maybe former Crystal Palace player, saying, "Oh, that should have been a PK." Hundred percent. He's the only person in any sort of match reactions I've seen that said it was a penalty. Kick. The only for person. me, no. Yeah, me neither. But I would say that was kind of the main talking point of, of the end of that game as Arsenal were down to 10 men and kind of holding on. But so I, I wanted to ask you another kind of, not necessarily ask you, but bring something up. You know, Liverpool against Bournemouth at 10 men looked comfortable. Arsenal against Crystal Palace did not look comfortable at all. Why? Why do you think that is? Like, well, one Crystal, are Crystal Palace, Palace that much, much better, better than Bournemouth yes, because they're I at Selhurst so. Park. Liverpool yeah. was at Anfield. Uh-huh. You know, does that all play into it? I mean, it it does, yes. But I also think Liverpool's style of play fits ten men better than Arsenal's does because how much possession they need to have. Once they don't have possession, Arsenal are not as good, like nowhere near, and especially with the formation they were playing with Partey as a right back, I think he should have came off and you put a right back on, which they never did. 
Well, what they did is they brought Gabrielle and Zinchenko on and then pushed Ben Wright, Ben yeah. White, out ben to that White. right back yeah. position. Yeah. But so, are you convinced on this Thomas Partey right back? No, going and into I midfield, never will be. I never will be. No, I think it's the dumbest thing Arteta's ever done, and I hate it. I love it in attack, but it is so susceptible to a counterattack. It's not even funny, and especially against better teams, say a Liverpool squad, they will tear up that right side. I don't think he will do that during or a Liverpool left side. I mean, it's Mo Salah. He would tear up Thomas Partey defensively. But yeah, man, these two games, I mean, it's Crystal Palace. Nine He's trying something new at the beginning of the season. I get it, but that is not a sustainable thing all season. I, I, I don't, against a better team, I don't think he throws that formation out there. I think it'll be more similar to the Community Shield. Yeah. But, and then you know, I, I have we'll one see. more point for you because I saw this and I kind of agree with it. Uh, it seems like Mikel Arteta is literally trying everything he can to get Kai Havertz on the field. And I think he's forgotten about one Emil Smith Rowe. Like the guy's been healthy. Why is he not on the field? So, yeah, so this game was interesting. So he started obviously in that midfield. Didn't really see a lot of them, personally. Did he have a terrible game? No. But no. did he have a special game or exciting game? No. No, not He's even. just kind of there, yeah. if I'm being honest. He's and the I, guy that connects some passes, I guess. But I did notice at the end of the game, when things were rough, you know, he threw him up top. I think their hope he was hoping his stature, you know, he, he's a big guy, tall, that he could his hold-up play would buy him a couple minutes. He could hold the ball up either bring some players up, get a foul, something like that. And so I can see bringing him, keeping him on for that game. But you're right. As far as what he offers creating anything, Emil Smith-Rowe is a better option in my eyes. Yeah, 100%. Leandro Trossard <laughs> is a better option in my eyes. And we didn't even see Trossard in this game. so Which I'm not surprised we didn't, especially after that red card. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, you saw him throw on Kivior's and Chenko and Gabriel and every defender at his disposal. <laughs> I mean, to his credit, they all had great end of the games, all had 100% passing completion rate. They all won the ball in good spots. Okay, cool. But, like, how do you – at 1-0, I mean, the only lead that's more dangerous than that is 2-0. Yes. But you need to be able to get the ball into the opponent's half besides just whacking it upfield. Well, I think that that almost comes down to his formation he put out there, bringing on all these defenders. And I want to say, I think I think Mikel Arteta might be a little naive in that fact as of right now. I mean, we all forget, right? This is his first coaching job ever. He's done amazing. There's just certain moments where you can kind of see his naivety. Rookie. The rookie yeah. mistakes, rookie yeah. Rookie mistakes. So, yeah. So I think I think because he hasn't really gone down to ten men a ton with a team that is this good, where he's got so many options. I think sometimes he just kind of tries to tinker a little too much. That's just my yeah. Opinion. You know, you're not wrong. I know he's obviously a a Pep student, and I know Pep has gotten some criticisms for tinkering a little too much and a certain Champions League final, especially against Chelsea. And so, you know, maybe it's a little bit of that. I don't know. But you can, yeah, you can see that little bit 
I know you called it naivety, or I, I call it a, you know almost a rookie mistake, man. He, yeah, he's not quite seasoned yeah. there. <laughs> so I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's going to be a lot of red cards this season. It's going to happen that Havertz, more than once. You know, trying to force him into this potentially. Yeah, I could see that. We're only two games in. We'll see where we're at by game ten if this is an ongoing thing and Havertz has still produced nothing. I, I give him a month. It was in my bold predictions. After a month, he will start to show his class. But at this point, I mean, he's not giving us much hope. He hasn't improved. Not, so, game not game. yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Emil Smith Road deserves to be played a lot more often. I feel bad for the guy. That's my last point on this one. So let's get into our five biggest matches to watch or our Fab Five, depending on how you want to call it. Matchups to watch this weekend, plus the matchup inside of those games to watch and the storylines to watch for. We had our first one, Manchester City against Newcastle. This one ended 1-0 from a lovely goal by Julian Alvarez. One Julian Alvarez, man. Yes. Uh, You picked City, I picked Newcastle. Honestly, I was slightly bored with this game. A little bit. I think that was kind of City's fault. I mean, you win 1-0 and you keep it boring against a Newcastle squad that won 5-1 the week before. I think that's a success. I don't want to say it's boring. I almost want to say that Man City team is just that good. Defensively. Newcastle couldn't get the ball. Yeah. Yeah. That Um, defense. I mean, I'm going to come out and say it. This Man City defense is, I'm going to say they're going to be the best in the league. I am. You look at them? I would go looking at their new starting defense with Gavardiol and Ruben Diaz in there. I might go they're the best in the world. Well, they're probably the best. I mean, you got Gavardiol, Ruben Diaz. I mean, Akanji, man, is an effing athlete, dude. The guy is just amazing. You got Kyle Walker, the speedy guy. John Stones to throw in there. (laughs) Forgot about Nathan Ake. Don't forget about him, huh? I mean, this defense is just, it's the best. I mean, let's be honest. It is the best defense, and scoring on it is going to be very, 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 very difficult. Yes. And to keep Julian Alvarez, Phil Foden, and Erling Holland quiet in a game, when you have that defense behind you, for a lot of teams, it's going to be very, 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 very difficult. <laughs> I mean, I will say Newcastle did a good job of keeping Erling Holland quiet. I will say he had some, he had some bad touches. He had a shot that he, you know, you expect a, a rifle of a shot to go, and it he scuffs it. You expect that good first touch, and it gets away from him. He had a couple of those. The player for me in this game, man, was Phil Foden. Yeah, hundred percent. I Coming agree. off that right, popping in that number ten position, getting between the lines. He was he was their main threat, creating, passing, dribbling, shooting. I mean, he was he was he the man like that the game. Phil Foden we wanted and expected to see with De Bruyne being out. But honestly, I expected this from Phil Foden when De Bruyne wasn't out, and we never got it. But now that he is, he's taking the ball and running with it, not just figuratively, but literally. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's had his little bit of injury woes. So hopefully he can stay fit. But with Kevin DeBruyne out and Phil Foden performing this way, I don't think there will be any problems there for Man City. No, 
I don't think so either. So let's get into our matchups that we said to watch, right? We had Gavardial and Ruben Diaz slash Kanji against the front line of Newcastle. I mean, the scoreline says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, Elmiron was non-existent. Anthony Gordon. Non-existent. Came off. Isaac Harvey Barnes came had, on. Had some moments. Yeah, Isak had some moments where he would kind of drop, get a little dribble on, but... I told you, man, that defense is just its yep. too good. That defense I, is I too good. I agree. Uh, and then we had Grealish and Foden against Trippier, uh, and then Holland versus Botman. I mean, I think Botman probably won that battle, but Foden definitely won his battle, even though he was just kind of floating all over the place. He was floating. He was mainly on the right kind of coming in. And then Grealish, I will say Trippier did a good job against Grealish. But yeah, he Foden. made Grealish play a lot more defense than he's used to. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the midfield. We had the the midfields. Yeah. I will say, you could see the class difference in midfield. So Tonali and Gimaresh look good. Jolinton, hmm, not so much. And then it's just Man City's defense or midfield looked. They just don't good. make mistakes. They don't. Yeah. And if they do, they usually can get themselves out of it. Like, I know, for example, Rodri got caught on the ball or he made a bad pass, but you have Ruben Diaz, Cavardio right there, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was a bit disappointed from this game. I thought for sure that it was going to be a lot higher tempo, more scoring opportunities. But, yeah, like you said, that Manchester City defense, man. It's gonna... So I know we, we talked ahead. about Man City, you know, kind of dropping down slightly a notch after losing Gundogan and Riyad Mahrez. Their offense maybe did, but their defense went up. Got better. With yeah. the signing of Gavardio. Yeah. I, I think we'll really see the true test, I think, more in the Champions League when they face the bigger teams. I mean, yes, Newcastle could be considered a big team, but they're relatively young and new to this whole Champions League thing as far as the squad they have. And yeah, once I, I think it's going to be between probably two or three teams that are even going to give Manchester City a run for the run. So. Yeah, I mean, Man City are the team to beat, man. They, even they looking after forever. <laughs> as long as Pep Guardiola is there. After these, la- after these first two weeks, you can see it's Man City and then every team trying to catch them. I agree. Speaking of teams trying to catch them, we had Manchester United against Tottenham Hotspur. This was a good game. I like this game. It was. Um, for many reasons. So Spurs won this one 2-0. I feel like it doesn't tell the whole story because this really was a game of two halves. It was. Uh, we thought, you know, maybe both teams would repeat their performances from week one. But honestly, I think Spurs looked a lot better than they did in week one. And I'll be honest with you, Manchester United looked exactly the same as they did. They did look exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly the same, man. Yeah, let's start with what was the same. Uh, Marcus Rashford did start up front. Did start up front. Still should not be starting up front. Yet again. Uh, Mason Mount. Disappointing. Yet again. He played? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> my point exactly uh 
another week, another Bruno Fernandez sitter that he missed. So him and Rashford both missed some sitter like around yeah. the six yard box, some headers. Yeah. And then, and we'll, get, which, we'll get to Bruno's, but Rashford's, yeah, that was bad. Bruno's was just like, what are you awful. doing? Yeah. But then what was fun about this game is like those misses happen and then Spurs went down the other end and hit the crossbar twice and Pedro Porro, yeah. man, he almost had twice a golazo. Seconds. I know, he was inches from a golazo hitting that top corner. Oh, and then the deflected shot hits off Luke Shaw after that onto the post. I mean, what did you think about should United have been given a handball when it struck uh, Romero's arm off Mason Mount's, Mason Mount's shot? So, I'll be honest, I was expecting VAR to rule this a handball. Yeah, I was too. I was. Yeah. The way his arm was, like, and I know, like, in the commentary, they said, oh, both his arms are in the same position, so that makes it natural, apparently. I don't know, I guess. So you're telling but me his- if my arms are like this? But they were out this there, is right? A natural like, position. It was out arms, there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Your arms are away from your body. It's not natural. And so, you know, in week one, we saw a PK given against Brighton for a handball, and I thought mm-hmm. that one was more harsh than what we saw against I, Romero I in this game. I agree. And so yeah. I, I expected it to be called, and when it wasn't, I was just like, "Well, okay." Yeah. VAR at it again. Uh, you, you know, know Man United got point, one I'm not last even week. I'm it was almost surprised. like the 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 universe equaling out. Man United got that away with one last week with Onana, and this mm-hmm. week they didn't get one. So balling karma, my friend. Apparently, sometimes yeah. it does equal out, unless you're Arsenal, and then it never does. <laughs> okay. But that's uh, okay. Spurs Let's talk midfield. about that. Let's talk about the Spurs midfield, man. Of, okay, I was going to talk about the Bruno sitter first. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about the Bruno sitter. He missed his header. I mean, he's wide open inside of the six-yard box, and all he's got to do is redirect the ball on frame. He hits it into row Z, but it's not just like a bad miss. It looks like he didn't even try. Right, he was trying to clear the ball. What are you talking about? That's what it looked like. (laughs) I, I, like, how? United would have had the lead at this point. They would have. Yeah, this is the first half. Yeah. I just, I was so baffled by how bad of a miss that was from a player who's considered a world-class midfield. It was a terrible miss, yeah. Let's talk about these midfields. Yeah? Let's talk about these midfields, man. Basuma and uh, Sar. Sar? Yeah. Hot damn. God, man. I was so impressed by Sar. I think his full name is Pape Matar Sar. Pape Sar, yeah. Yeah. Um... And he's Basuma, he man. Everywhere. And Basuma, second man of the match, two games. He's the signing they wanted him to be now. He wasn't last season. <laughs> but man, is that midfield. If anything is going to keep Tottenham from, you know, in the top half of the table, I would say, it's going to be that midfield. Well, you know, you can thank for that. Harry Kane. No. no. Why Harry Kane? <laughs> Harry Kane's gone. Because I want to thank Harry Kane. Is that too bad? No. <laughs> it's the coach, man. Yes. Ange plus the Yeah. This is Ange ball they're playing. 
And Conte and Mourinho before that, Basuma was too, a little too much of a flair player, too much of a risk taker for them, so he never played. Posakovu yeah. says, I like that. Go forward. Get some, create something. Yeah, and I mean, out of their two midfielders, I'll be completely honest with you, I expected Sar to be more of that player, more of the flair, more of the get forward with the ball, be an outlet. But man, between the two of them, it's almost like they were a, a pivot of one's going to play the six and one's going to play the eight. Like they were constantly like effort, effortlessly just switching back and forth. They were, they were going United's back and attack. forth. You're not wrong. And it was, <laughs> they bossed United's midfield so hard. It's like Casemiro. I'm sorry. I love you. You're an amazing defensive midfielder, but even he was, he needed defensive. help. He yeah. needed help, man. And Mason Mount is not that answer. Ow. Mason Mount was not the help. No. no. Hell <laughs> Dude, no. Sorry. Sorry. Know who you reminded me of? A little bit of a mix of a Yaya Toure and a Patrick Vieira. That's that's high praise, my friend. I, after one game? It, it was a little bit of a mix. Okay. I liked it. I, I will man, reserve, I hope he keeps I will, it up. I'm going to save that statement and reserve judgment till maybe end of October, and then I'll come back to you with that one. <laughs> when Tottenham finishes... I'm not saying no. That is the key part here. I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes. I haven't seen enough. Well, when Spurs finish above Chelsea and Villa, then maybe, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, um, we'll get to my, my question about that statement later after <laughs> we go through the whole game. Uh, how impressive was Vicario in this one? Because I feel like he had... A couple good saves, man. A couple good couple saves. Important. Good no saves. mistakes, which is the key for Tottenham. Yes. Uh, and he seems like a absolute quality pickup for Spurs. And especially with his acrobatic saves, I feel like sometimes he makes more acrobatic of a save than he needs to. But it looks good. So no There's a one-on-one he had. I think it was with Rashford where he, he kind of went down and then you saw his arm just come up. Mm-hmm. And his like forearm got just the slightest touch on a ball to send it wide. Fantastic save. Yeah. Um, I mean, besides one moment of hitting the post in the 51st minute, I'm going to say Anthony disappointing yet again, man. I don't know how he keeps starting. I don't understand it. He's awful. Came close, hit the post. Yeah, in one second. What'd he do for the rest of the game? I don't know, man. He's not quick. No. He doesn't beat defenders. No, well, he tries, but he, he more stands there his left foot. tries to beat them. He's uh, the Wish version of Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're disrespecting Robin in that one, man. <laughs> He's a bootleg version, man. He tries to come back on that right, on that and left foot. You might foot. be disrespecting Wish on that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not as quick. <laughs> no. No, he reminds me if you were to... And I don't got a good way to say this, but if you were to find like a Cristiano Ronaldo of like the person on the train, like in a park who wanted to be Cristiano Ronaldo. A park? Yeah. Like some random the person. Who version, just, not even the wish version. Yeah, this is the, no, this, this is, is the, the Sunday league version of Cristiano Ronaldo. No, man, this is like the open up your trunk version. Of- <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, he may turn out to be the worst hundred million signing in the history of football. 
Was he that much? Hundred million dollars, I'm guessing. Euros. Yeah. He's hundred million euros? Yeah. And he was ninety two million pounds. Holy shit. Yeah. Awful. Uh so yeah, first half it was kinda even. Second half, Tottenham took control, their midfield dominated. Um but I will say if Spurs don't sign a new striker, they're gonna be in some serious trouble this season. Because uh Richarlison, I know I dissed on Anthony. I'm gonna diss on Richarlison just as hard. Because <laughs> the man is an absolute joke. And he will never be the answer for Tottenham Hotspur. Just he is awful. He is so awful. I don't How does think he start Everton for Brazil? How is he the number no nine idea. for Brazil? I have no idea. Because right now, I don't even think he would start over Dominic Calvert-Lewin at Everton. He is that bad. Glassman himself would be starting over him, huh? Holy crap, is he bad. His first touch sucks. His passing is awful. He can't hit the bre- the broadside of a barn with a shot. I don't understand how he even plays for Tottenham Hotspur. Holy crap. Anyways. <laughs> Rant's uh, over. I do, I do want to give a shout to Michael Oliver in this game. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job, and it's not often that it happens in the Premier League. Hey, so. we'll give a clap to some yeah. officiating. <laughs> <laughs> one game out of all the ones this weekend, we got one one clap. Uh, we both picked either United or a draw for this one. Spurs proved strong. So, got that one wrong. And then we went to Friday's six-pointer. Nottingham Forest against Sheffield United. We didn't really have a bunch of matchups to watch in this one, but we did say this would be important. More for Sheffield United than it would be for Nottingham Forest. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, Forest, they start real fast, and I don't think Anwanyi is going to be there for much longer because, man, does oh, he Awanyi. look good. Awanyi. So I did like this lineup, starting both Awanyi and Brennan Johnson. Yes. I, I was wondering when we were going to see it. I wish Steve Cooper could fit uh, Anthony Alanga in there, man. I'm a, I liked watching him the past couple games against Arsenal, against Sheffield. He's so freaking fast, man. Yeah, and he's exactly what Nottingham Forest need on the wing and to so get I, them out of sticky situations. I want to see those three start in a game like this against a Sheffield team. You know, a team that they... Luton Town of Burnley. Yeah, at home especially. But... <laughs> They called on their big strikers, man. They won 2-1. I won ye. Chris Wood got a late winner after mm-hmm. a freaking golazo from Sheffield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's going to take for them to score goals. Apparently. That's what I was about to say. They're going to struggle, man. <laughs> Watching this game, they are going to struggle to score goals. Yeah. 48th minute with this one. First goal back in the Premier League. And I feel like their next one might take them a couple of games to get oh they need a striker they need someone up there to do something they lost their main goal threat to marseille for 20 million 25 million something yeah, like they that lost their best midfielder to burnley they, uh, yeah they need some goals they man they need with they need a striker <laughs> bad i think everyone has them going down like i bet if you look at if, if you were to ask any premier league fan like Who's going down? Sheffield United would be in 99% of those top, those three going down. I 100% agree. Uh, but I will say, on the other side of the coin, if Force play like they did in the first 25 minutes, they might uh, be flirting with a top half finish. A top half finish? I don't know about flirting. that, bud. I didn't say get it. I said flirting. I don't know. About, I mean, you can say that right now because they're sitting 10th after their one win. <laughs> 
but I'm I'm more saying that because of the football they played in the first 25 minutes of the game. They didn't play like it the whole game, which is why they won't. But if they could, then they might flirt with the top half finish. I wouldn't give them top half, no. no. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying if they were to play like they did the whole season, mm. that's it. It's very high. I'm still going to say no. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> you also have to look White. at who they were playing. <laughs> yeah, Morgan's get, Morgan Gibbs White also looked good in this game. We, I don't have anything good to say about Sheffield United. So. Um, they got a goal. A, that's what I'll you, say for them. You picked a draw. I picked Forrest. Yeah. Honestly, this was one of those games where I didn't pick any draws. <laughs> so I was like, well, yep. shoot, I remember I like those I got your words one. exactly. Those were your words exactly. Well, I haven't picked any draws, so I'm picking one. So, all right. <clears throat> Enough of the Premier League. Let's get into some Bundesliga action. We had Bayer Leverkusen against RB Leipzig. And I'll be honest with you, this might have been one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. Bayer Leverkusen won 3-2 to over Leipzig. Uh, what a game. What a game it was. Danny Olmo, fourth goal in two games. What so a I'll player be honest, I forgot about this game and watched it today. <laughs> you watched it nonetheless. And like I was looking at our, you know, we have our notes for this. And I was like, I completely forgot about that game. <laughs> well, I'm glad you picked that one because it's definitely a good game to watch. I watched it today, man. <laughs> yeah. And Leverkusen, because this was at the Bay Arena. So yeah. it was Leverkusen's home stadium, and they looked good. They mm-hmm. dominated that entire first half. Yeah. It was 2-1 going into halftime. You know, they got their two goals, and then late, Leipzig got one. Yeah. But they looked good, man. They played with three at the back. Tapsaba, Jonathan Ta, and Kus- I can't pronounce his name. Kasonu or Kasunu or whatever yeah, it is. Let's go with that. Sure. But Frimprong looks good, man. Boniface looks good. Shaka looked good. Granit Xhaka. Alejandro Grimaldo as a left wing back. Alejandro Grimaldo as a left wing back, man. They got a good squad. They look good. Um, Yeah, I mean, Florian Vertz scored the third goal. It was nice. But I will say, him and Jeremy Frimpong look much better than they did last season, which is scary, as two players who are on the up and up. Granit Xhaka looks like he's going to pick off pick up where he left off last season for Arsenal. Uh, but I will make one prediction. Ooh, got a bold prediction, window. do you? Yes, with De Bruyne being out, Manchester City will sign either Danny Olmo or Florian Verse. I don't think so. Don't think so. I do. <clears throat> Maybe next year. I don't think this... I, I hope they don't. And I as hope of this recording, of man, they got they, eight days. I don't see it. I don't think Leipzig, for one, want to let Omo go no, after letting go don't. all the players they've lost. Florian Verts could go. I don't think he should. He's, what, 19? No, I don't think he should either. I don't think either one of these players should leave. They should stay right where they're at. They should have a fantastic season with their respective clubs. But I think Manchester City will at least attempt to try to sign one, if not both of them. So I disagree with you there. I do think I would like to see Danny Omo leave. But I don't think Leipzig will let him leave. I meant this, this season, I don't think they should. I don't want to see either one of them. I want to see Danny Elmo next leave. Summer, next summer. I do want to see him leave. Sure. I mean, they're both They're on track to be world-class superstars. Because they're so. leaving sooner or later. It was yeah. just, they will leave. Yeah, it's just a matter, matter of when. <laughs> uh, you pick Leipzig, I pick Leverkusen. 
I know, man. I thought Leipzig, after beating Bayern, they did yeah, not, especially I, in that first half. I will say that first half, they did not impress me at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say Leverkusen impressed me for large portions of this game. So. They did. Okay, Targo. To La Liga, and we had Real Betis against Atletico Madrid. Let's end on a high here. <laughs> on a high? Sarcastic high. <laughs> on a nil-nil draw. Yeah. Uh, who picked this, this fab was... in our five? Not me, this... that's who. Oh, this, yeah. <laughs> this was me. It Blame was a that ginger fest. over there, not me. Yeah, it was a snooze fest. This game was not fun to watch. Uh, I would have rather had my eyes peeled open because I fell asleep while watching this game. Uh, we both picked I let it go to win. It ended nil-nil. 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 So into other footballing news, Targo. <laughs> other footballing news? Okay. Yeah. yeah. How about this? Barcelona, a team we should have had in our Fat Five, won their first game of the season, beating Cadiz 2-0. They scored two goals? What? Yeah. Gundogan got an assist for Pedri. Nice. The young 16-year-old, Le- Yamin Lamel, got a start. Bro, so, like so good. Oh, he's so good. So good. So good. But Jude not Bellingham? to be out- but not to be outdone, let's move yeah. over to Real Madrid. Yeah, Jude Bellingham two more goals and an assist. Yeah, Jude Bellingham, man. On fire. La Liga's and NBD, man. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah. Whatever. Top goal scorer in the Liga right now. <laughs> <laughs> 20 <laughs> year old. Games. 20 years old. Whatever. Midfielder. Yeah, no big deal. Um, signing of the season already? <laughs> no big deal. See, Liverpool, this is what you could have bought. Yeah. Speaking to not be outdone is signing of the season. Harry Kane scored his first Bundesliga goal in his first they Bundesliga did. game. Yeah. Uh, as Bayern beat Werder Bremen 4-0, he got their second in the 74th minute. And it was I thought it was nice team build-up play. And then for him to get a nice finish out of it. Typical what Harry was, What do you think those Bayern Munich jerseys? The black ones? Yeah. I'm on the fence. I kind really, of like them. I really like their third jerseys that they wore in the Super Cup, the German Super Cup. Those are class. I even um, like their home because it has like I'm more white than red. On the white with the red, I kind of like it because it's different. I think, it, I think with both of them, it's gonna the black one and the white one. I, it's gonna take me time, but I'm gonna lean more towards I like. They're different, so I'll, I'll give it to them. And then to end on an American high note, America, Pulisic. Scores a golazo in his in his AC Milan debut. Co Christian Pulisic, man, I think he's gonna recreate the best form of his life, and he's gonna be a terror in the series. Tear up Serie A, please, please, please do. But I think we've been chatting long enough, man. Yeah, talk, I think so too. Holy we crap. talked about all we can. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check out our socials. We'll Facebook, Instagram, the Tiki Taki, and of course the Redbubble for the merch. Yep. Help us keep doing this because we appreciate it. And on that note, we love you guys. Thank you so much. As always, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>